Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My name is Rainer Hirsch. I am a conductor and a comedian, and welcome to another edition of Proms in the Pub, my unofficial and slightly cheeky guide to the prom season. So, I have been to my first live prom. It wasn't my usual thing, but in the spirit of prom's adventure, I hauled myself off to Cynthia Erivo's legendary voices on Sunday night, a two-hour salute by the Grammy award-winning vocalist to legendary voices. That's basically women of colour who've inspired her. People like Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, Gladys Knight, oh, and Jacques Brel, who is not a woman or of colour, but <laughs> hey folks, that's diversity. Accompanying her was the BBC Concert Orchestra and making his proms debut, Edwin Outwater, conductor. Let's just get this straight. Cynthia Erivo is clearly a hugely talented woman, singer, songwriter, actress, and for a couple of hours, she totally made the Albert Hall her gig. Looking like a diva, responding to the We Love You Cynthia's from the audience. We love you too, Rainer! Ah, thanks. And she did introductions. Personally, I generally avoid gigs where there are introductions, rambling chat between the numbers, which generally means I avoid all jazz and folk clubs, places where the music you've come to hear is constantly interrupted with stories which begin, well, this is a song which means a lot to me. And then, you know, you're in for a long, tedious anecdote with no discernible punchline. Well, there was a bit of that with Cynthia, but our soloist was up against the clock. If you've seen a problems programme, you'll know that it lists everything down to the last retentive minute. Song one, five minutes. Song two, two minutes. And that's a programme that was unveiled in April and probably the printers way before that. There really is no time for chat. But the audience loved it. So much so, there was not only clapping between songs, but during the songs, also after any sustained high notes, when she stood up, when she sat down, when she came on with another dress. In fact, there was pretty much a continual stream of applause, frankly. Now, I'm really not against that, except when two of the people doing it are the couple sitting right next to me, ovating, whooping and applauding literally everything Cynthia did, and in my good ear too. But enough of my whinges. What about the music? Well, bold and brassy is how I would basically describe it. Probably a bit too much. These were great songs, but their dark interior had been bolded and brassed out. For example, Jacques Brel's Ne me quitte pas, from which, for copyright reasons, we can only play you this short excerpt, Spadart. was stripped of its despair and nicotine-stained French. Cynthia was given out, but having been told what a brilliantly successful meteor Broadway by storm-taking television Grammy award-winning career the still only 35-year-old had had, I somehow found it hard to buy into her sense of loss. It felt like Poverty, segregation and domestic violence had been musicaled up 
with orchestral accompaniments to match. A grand, amplified, big band sound, but which never quite went away. Only in her two original songs did I feel we were getting an unarguably authentic voice. Again, she is a huge talent, but forgive me, when put against some of the most iconic anthems of the 20th century, which had been sung by women and Jacques Brel, who'd had unbelievably shitty lives and bore the emotional scars to prove it, Cynthia's were not my favourite. So there it is, Cynthia Erivo, Legendary Voices, three stars out of five on the Proms in the pub ometer. If you disagree with me, please get in touch. You can contact me at Raina at promsinthepub.co.uk or through our website, www.promsinthepub.co.uk. And so to our interview. Norma Fisher has been described as a lost star of the piano. A sparkling solo career in the 1960s and 70s included a number of proms appearances, but was cut short by a tremor in her right hand, which was eventually diagnosed as a neurological condition called focal dystonia. You can probably imagine Norma's trauma, but she picked herself up and transformed herself into one of the most respected teachers in London, which she remains to this day. Brilliant, transforming the pianistic lives of her students and endlessly patient. Well, she'd have to be, she once had me as a pupil. And for the first time in too long, I visited her at her home to talk about those early proms, but I couldn't resist a little nostalgic reflection. say just coming here walking down from Finchley Central Station uh-huh. it was an absolute blast from the past because uh-huh. I remember I still remember the very first time I walked down to come to this house uh, for my first lesson and I can tell you what I played and I played it terribly so you know I played the revolutionary play? study which I was so I was so super tense not only because <laughs> I remember and I was like you know, what's this Norma Fisher going to be like that I'm going to go have a listen with? I was tense about that, and I was and I was super tense as a pianist, which is something over the space of about 25 years you managed to gradually iron out yes, of me. Yes, yes, yes. Tried. So anyway, walking here oh. is very special. But actually, the, the interesting part of that was, I think I said to you in an email recently, I kind of joined you in that world as your as the stage of your life when you were performing was sort of yes coming yes, to an yes, end yes, yes absolutely um i don't think i ever saw you d- perform again but now i mean um, you've had this kind of this studio yeah, can i use the word studio i feel it's a kind of a good word you can i i hadn't heard it used before it's appropriate of yeah. course but uh, by all means, my studio, Your studio please. That, what that means is uh, this, the piano room, which is two doors away, for two, two rooms away Music. from us. Music room, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to refer to our, what, is, what Connie refers, my wife, as the piano room, as the music room, though she fights that. Uh, because we intended it to be another room, but the piano wouldn't go upstairs, and now oh, it right. is the piano room. <laughs> um, through which, you know, brilliant pianist, really, I mean... Uh, 
you're, you're very kind about any pianism that I was able to achieve, but really you have competition winners who come here and Absolutely. study with you. But over the last kind of few years, would, is it too grand the thing to say that you've emerged, mm -hmm. uh, you yeah, can punch me in the face, emerged from behind thing. the shadow Absolutely. of your students? Absolutely, absolutely, and it, it's incredible, and also, I don't know how to describe it's also a little bit frightening, because I'm not sure who I am. I don't know if that makes sense. I Elaborate. knew who I was, of course, and then that had been shelved, cloistered, you know, put to one side, and I emerged as somebody else. The teacher overtook the performer, and um, my life for the last 40 this is a long time, but has been completely different. And I had truly forgotten, almost completely forgotten, the performing years. And out of the blue came mm, classics in the form of Tomiyuki Sawado. I have said to him on, I can't tell you how many occasions, asked him, where did you come from? Who sent you? Because he walked into my life and changed it forever. It took me back to where I had been. And those incredible days when everything was possible, there was no limit at all to what I could do. And um, he, with his extraordinary remasterings, has, I don't know, brought me back to life. It's very, it's the weirdest, weirdest feeling. Well, I can't explain. Actually. What you're referring to is the release of three um, volumes one of which has got two CDs in the second volume, of your recordings from the BBC, mm -hmm. which were which were there sitting in an archive all that long time. Mm -hmm. And and Sonata Classics have basically re released those. Absolutely. And we're able to hear the performer, that person that you Absolutely. were at that previous time. Yeah. And what I think what you're talking about is going back to the time when, you know, before the teaching kind of took over, when you were just the virtuoso pianist. Absolutely. Well, I was also teaching because I loved to teach. So, in fact, I would work with my colleagues. So if anybody had a problem, I mean, they didn't come for a lesson, but would come to discuss whatever sort of issue they had. And um, I, it was always a pleasure to do that. Now, you, uh, one of the places, of course, you teach, you actually go into the Royal College in yeah, South Kent. Absolutely. So obviously, South Kensington Royal College of Music is opposite a very large building, the Albert Hall, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, where uh, are held the proms uh, since uh, they bombed the Luftwaffe, did away with the Henry Wood Hall, or what it was called, Queen's Hall. Queen's Hall. And um, you done you done the proms, mm -hmm. absolutely. 
But you um, now here's the thing: a story I heard recently that in them days, and this is actually kind of what I'm really interested in, is um, the proms are a kind of thing now. It's like almost a national; they're a national institution. They always were, but they become treasured and valued in a way that somehow <coughs> they always were. Well, here's the thing: I actually I've, I've been involved with the proms since my student days. For example, I was actually an usher at the proms really? during my university time. Gosh. Here's an example of what I mean. When I ushered at the proms, somebody said you can usher at the proms. You just turn up of an evening and there's a gaggle of group of men, maybe about, they were, were men, uh, 30 or 40 men who gather like, you know, dock workers, nothing against dock workers, but you can imagine the scene outside one of the doors at the Albert Hall a gaffer person pokes his head out the door with a clipboard, says we need 35 tonight, gents, you, 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 Tom, you come in, um, what's your name? Rainer, right Rainer, you're on, uh, you're on the gallery. And you go up there, no uniform, no health and safety, no security checks, nothing. You turned up, you did your evening's work, you got whatever it was, probably, you know, two and six, I don't know, 20 quid, 25 quid. And you went away again. So it was a kind of different world. If you go there now, they're wearing smart uniforms. They've got the scanners. But tell me about tell me about your first. You know, because you had to audition to play the proms. Yeah, yeah, it was extraordinary. Actually, I mean, you know, when I think of all those things that happened, that I don't know, which was so extraordinary, all of them, and they were so much taken for granted then. It was nice, it's what you did. It was nothing special at all. But I remember so clearly my prom audition. It was actually in the hall, completely empty hall. Um, I don't know who was listening to me, where they were, who they were. Well, I found out afterwards who they were. But it was just walking onto the stage in an empty hall, nobody to greet you. There was a girl at the door when I arrived who said, you know, just ushered me onto the stage. Um, and I did my bit. I remember I played the first movement of the Tchaikovsky and the fourth movement of the Brahm second piano concerto. So this was woman, this lady, this ushered you onto the stage, yeah. and then turned up like the storekeeper, Mr. Ben, to usher you off at the end of it. <laughs> I don't remember that actually. I remember sitting playing, but I can't remember who I played with. I mean, they probably had their own glittering career sometime. And maybe it wasn't anybody listening to you. Maybe they just they just asked no, the girl who oh, dusted you on. Absolutely. Because after, I remember, I didn't go home. I had a patron at that time. And I went back to my patron's house. And, of course, we didn't have mobile phones then. So her phone rang. They rang her. I don't know how they knew to ring her. But anyway, she passed the phone to me and it was um there was Leonard Isaacs and Peter Isaacs. Part of the Isaac clan. Exactly. One of them turned you up. <laughs> exactly. But straight away. Cool. I mean I just arrived home, phone rang, I arrived at my page, phone rang, he said 
that was fantastic. We won two for the first night at the proms. Wow. That was exactly how it happened. How old were you then? I think 24. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. I'm forgetting because I've got the proms program. I think the first one was 63. 1953. It's written in uh, very swirly writing okay. on so parchment. I was 22. So I can say what it says here. Oh my goodness, interesting. Yeah, for a start, on the inside cover is an advert for Benson Hedges cigarettes. That's something you don't see anymore. <laughs> right. That dates it, doesn't it? You know, uh, pardon my wheeze. Yeah. And it's the 69th season of the Heavenwood Promenade Concert, Saturday, 27 July, 7:30 p.m. And I read the overture. Donna Diana by Reznicek, somebody I've never heard of since. Reznicek. Mozart. Oh, sorry. There we go. I'm sorry. My... Oh, what? Reznicek? You haven't heard of him? He, he, I knew his father. Clarinet concerto in A major, Mozart. That's kind of a bit unusual. You've got two concertos. Sweet Swan Lake, Tchaikovsky. Interval of 25 minutes. Uh, symphonic poem, Psyche, but again by Cesar Frank. Who has ever heard that since? And then piano concerto number two in A major by Franz Liszt. Second piano concerto with Norma Fischer piano. And then Emperor Waltz's Johann Strauss. That is a kind of... That's, that's a great programme. I'd love to see that programme. It's slightly more popular than you might get these days. Yeah, uh, true, true. But anyway, the thing is, you see, it wasn't the first night. You have no idea how many contracts went back and forward. So I was supposed to play the first night to the proms, and then, for whatever reason, you know, I wasn't in on that. It um, was, what was the date? Uh, July? Says here. No, but oh, twenty seventh of July, nineteen sixty three. Yeah, so it was probably in the first week. Says in this program, the unauthorized use of cameras during the performance cannot be permitted. Now of day, you know, cameras are least of your worries. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, no, phone. the extraordinary thing about that prom, I recall. I mean, I was so young, and in fact. I learned the concerto for the prom. I didn't actually play that concerto at all. Right. So I hadn't played it before. Yeah. And the proms offered a one rehearsal. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On the day of the concert at about four o'clock in the afternoon. No, it was probably a bit earlier, maybe two o'clock in the afternoon for the 7.30 performance. We had one run-through, literally, and there were a few bars. Don't forget, I hadn't played this concerto before, certainly not with orchestra, and a couple of bars terrified me. And I didn't have the courage to go to Norman Del Mar, although I knew him very well to say please can we go over that again because I'm not sure that we did what he wanted and I was too young to protest (laughs) so after rehearsal it's quite a story this actually because I went home and at that time always before a concert I would have to sleep Sleeping for an hour or so was absolutely vital. Do you know what? The snooze is makes the difference between what I think is a good gig and a bad gig. Getting the snooze absolutely. right. Absolutely. I would if I had to write a, a sort of manual for performance. Absolutely. I'd call it. I'd call it getting the nap right. Quite right. Anyway, so you went home to snooze. I went home to snooze, and I'm a dreamer. I dream. I fell asleep, and. In my dream, we had that rehearsal, and we rehearsed those few bars that I so desperately needed to rehearse. When I woke up, it was, whew, I'm okay. okay. I knew what to do. The extraordinary. Processed it. Absolutely. I never forget that. No. Excuse me, I'm, I'm starting. First bit I could do is jump, dung, da 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 dum dum ding. That's the first one. Yep. How's the second one start? <laughs> that one, okay, okay. So, you know how somebody says, number September 5, you go, which one's that? You have to sing me the tune to remind me what it is. So, it's with Philharmonia Orchestra leader Hugh Bean, who was their mm, classic yes, lead. He was yes, a leader for a thousand years. And he, he, you know, when the Philharmonia Orchestra recorded the Beethoven symphonies with Otto Klemperer, you know, it was Hugh, I think it was Hugh Bean, you know, leading. For, he was there for a hundred years, I think. Um, how amazing! Now, your parents wanted to come to that result. There was mm, absolutely. And, but was now we have to say here awful. that you are the your Jewish faith. Yeah, yeah. Your parents very strict. Yeah, yeah. And t- tell absolutely. me about that. Well, I mean, I was brought up in a very religious household, and um, 
I was not allowed to play the piano on the Sabbath. And uh, so it was a complete non just that is from sundown on Friday that's it. until sundown on Saturday, right? And it was only when I moved teacher when I went to study with Ilona Kabosh, she was horrified, she was appalled. In fact, she would never speak to my parents. She was so disgusted, really, truly. I mean, she was Jewish herself, but of course, you know, completely indifferent, didn't want to know, and appalled at the idea. And I remember her saying to me, darling, you miss 52 days a year of practice. How is that possible? (laughs) But anyway, it turned out that my first prom was Saturday night it's in july so we're wait you know the sun doesn't go down till what exactly. you're 9 30 10, 10 o'clock so, and yeah, let me just refer yeah. back saturday 27 july 7 30 p.m absolutely and for my parents this was a huge dilemma you're not allowed to drive you're not you know you stay put i mean you walk if necessary but you're not allowed to transport and um, so yeah Um, of course they wanted to be there but how so they decided well Shepherd's Bush where we lived was not that far and they walked to the Royal Albert Hall they did the right thing they walked and were privileged to be there. Of course, you can imagine what it meant for them to be there. Um, but it actually made headlines at the time, you know. Read all <laughs> about it. Jewish couple <laughs> walk from exactly. Shepherd's Bush. Exactly. Get your read all about <laughs> it. was exactly like that. Yeah, yeah how extraordinary. So that was the first time. And then there were, by the way, there were, there, you played, I think, a total of five times. Yeah. Wow, it's pretty yeah. amazing. Because, I mean, yeah, that is just an incredible thing. So the second time, you played the César Franck Symphonic yeah. Variations, is that right? Yeah. Isn't it? Also with Norman Yatmar. Yeah. I not, can't remember not which one. that much no. these days. That's, that's, that's nothing you hear that of that often. You don't. You don't. And again, I learned it for the Brom. So you did um, also with Norma Del Mar, yeah. and then the next year you did, and I mean, we probably got the program. These programs are absolutely amazing. They're 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 A five, I think, wonderfully sort of printed, um, not quite as glossy as you'd see these days. So the first one was nineteen sixty three. So we're looking for one for nineteen sixty four or five. Okay, I've got them. I've got it's them. in here. Oh, here we go. So Philemon conducted Norma Del Mar, Overture Le Corsaire Berlioz. Well, that's played. Symphonic variations, piano and orchestra, okay. But things do come in and out of focus in the repertoire. Yeah. I mean, there are things that people seem to be playing all the time and then they kind of fade away. Yeah. Uh, Symphony 9 in E minor from the New World, Dvorak world that was, you know has been serenaded in C major for string orchestra, Tchaikovsky and Bolero by Rev. Yeah. <laughs> My God. I always find it quite interesting. On these programmes, they've got the exact, you know, they've got the exact timing. So at the very when these things go to print, you know, in some cases, 
months, maybe even a year before all the timings are done there. Because you know, my shows uh, are kind of a rough, rough idea how long it's going to last, and if it's still going after an hour, it's time to go. Well, no, that's not time. Right. But this is so. Well, but you know, uh, the BBC was like that, of course. Um, can you remember anything about that one? This is the symphonic variation. What was that? Does that? Because obviously, the first one is the first one. I always think the chief feature of the second performance is is not the first performance. So the kind of some of the buzz is gone. Yeah. But now, so let's just advance. We, we, we let, let's move to the the two Rachmaninoff piano concertos. Yeah, yeah. You gave two, didn't you? Yep. First with Malcolm Sargent. Yep. <gasps> yep. Absolutely. Sargent. That name, Absolutely. you go. But even people are not that in, into their music. Going uh, Malcolm Sargent. Absolutely. I mean, again, when I think about it, and I don't know, I just took it all for granted. Well, you would. Why not? You're up there. You're doing that thing, and all these things are happening one after the other. It's just another one of those experiences that happened to you. But Sir Malcolm Sargent. Yeah. When I think about it now, but it didn't. I don't know. It didn't concern me in the slightest, and I just recall during the performance, in fact, a friend of my brother's who played tuba in the BBC Symphony Orchestra sitting at the back looking down on me good view said Norma do you realise you did not look at him once as far as you were concerned there was no collaboration he had to follow me and again you know when I think about that now the lack of respect the i mean i don't know that i was arrogant i don't think i was arrogant but i just knew what i wanted and i went for it and in fact at that particular prom he taught me or he tried to teach me a lesson and he was right um, it didn't quite work out the way it could have. It could have been a complete disaster because what happened, the second movement came to a close and before the third, although it is an attacker situation, the one so goes so straight it goes one, goes straight into the next. Straight yeah, without into, a break. Yeah, but there is a sort of acknowledgement the soloist looks at the conductor, the conductor looks at the soloist and a nod happens and off you go. That moment, that vital moment didn't happen. And it was as if, I mean, when I think back now, it was as if he was saying, I'll teach this whippersnapper a lesson. Because without... I hardly take my hands off the keys when brum bum bum beam brum bum brum bum bum at such a speed, mm. and I was knocked sideways. How I actually coped with that, I do not know. But it is some of the most extraordinary playing. Truly, it could have been a disaster. I could have fallen flat on my. Yeah, you were good though, Norma. You were and quite hot. When, you know, in fact, my husband and I listened to it again and again because it's terrifying. Oh. And 
but it doesn't face me and it, it's sort of something extraordinary so you uh, I know you didn't even nod the time of day to him on the stage but you had a bit of interaction what, what was he like oh Sir Malcolm Sergeant. I don't know. You can't I tell. don't remember. All right. I actually don't think he even looked at me. Oh even in the rehearsal, I do not remember any contact with him. So, um, was that Good, bad or indifferent other than that, the tempo he chose? Now, the second time you played the Rahmanov second Piano was with a someone I also studied, George Hurst. And um, there was an episode. Uh, uh, tell us what happened. Well, I mean, it's just very interesting because when I was invited to do that particular prom, I noted it was with the BBC Northern Orchestra. Now known as the BBC Philharmonic. Absolutely. And I, the moment I heard the choice of orchestra, I, something inside froze. Because the year before, they made their debut at the proms. And the soloist with them was Vlado Pelamuta. All right. So Vlado Pelamuta famous uh where, did, where was he french french that's right for, famous for, for for french repertoire and i saw him a few times actually towards the end of his career Lado Pernamorta had a terrible reputation for memory lapses mm. terrible absolutely terrible throughout his career mm. so the year before he played the schumann piano concerto with the BBC Northern, and in the third movement, and it's notorious for being problematic, mm. he went round and round in circles. Yeah, it's got bits that come back. Dum, 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 ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum. It's in one, it's a famous conducted EP because it's in one. That movement and the, and the rhythm goes across exactly. the one, and um, you've got to kind of show something as a good It's not just Palamotor, so many pianists have come a cropper right. <laughs> with that movement, right. anyway. So of course, they there and there was a lot of publicity about it. Right. So, the moment I heard I was playing with the BBC Northern, something in my mind stuck. I recalled, oh my God, Perlamorta had this disaster with the Schumann. And I thought that I had, you know, just, I, it didn't occur to me that it had planted a seed which remained. And um, it shouldn't have happened, of course. I'd been playing the second half not from the age of 15. I'd played it the year before at the proms. And it was standing on my head and back to front, blindfold, whatever you like. But I suppose that the seed 
that was planted was obviously going to grow, was going to become whatever. And second movement, um, suddenly my brain stopped. My fingers couldn't remember. I it was a total blank suddenly. It was a split second thing. I recall in depth it had never happened to me before and to happen on such a platform. And I looked up at George Hurst who stepped down with his full score. I didn't uh, I didn't have my glasses on and I at that time I didn't wear contact lenses so he showed me the full score it all happened within seconds I mean would you just like that be able to spot the piano part in the full score no no and there's another thing which is that you study the music from a particular edition which has the exactly. page turns in a certain exactly. place. It has got exactly. markings you put in and all but that actually, makes it yours. I couldn't see it and I didn't need to see it. If you know what, It was just, he stepped down, showed me, went back, we continued. How? I don't know. But my fingers knew, of course, what to do. And at the end... There was an evasion such as you've never heard because the proms are, you know, the promers are generous people and anything like that. You know, I triumphed over whatever it was. And um, I just remember George, he was so, so sweet. He put his arms around me and he said, Norma, join the club. You're welcome. And, of course, I, I mean, all I could feel was this incredible sense of relief. And he helped, of course. So, um, but, again, I don't know whether I ever told you this story. Because I'm in my dressing room with this feeling of, wow, I did it. I got through the, this awful thing happened. But, but in the end, we triumphed. My teacher walked in. And I remember saying to her, sort of shaking with excitement, Lana, I got through. I did it. I got through. I did it. And she looked at me and she said, darling, you will wake up in the night and realise what you've done. Bringing me down to earth with a whatever, a crashes. And she was right. Because I had this nightmare the night after and it took me a long time to actually recover that I remember I went straight away on holiday you know to, to try and forget about it and um, it was quite something Does it ever come back? All actually I have to say comes back is this feeling of my god we did it we got through right. and uh, I mean sometimes I think about 
the way she put it, her reaction. And I mean, but, you know, she was a woman who didn't mince her words. So, you know, we were, all of those who study with her, we were used to having that sort of reaction to. But as a teacher myself, I mean, I just, I'm so aware of how wrong she was. There is, when things happen, you know, and we've all been to concerts where odd things have happened, you know, people have missed runs or whatever, things have gone wrong, especially if you've been to any concerts of mine. Yeah, but you know, memory slips. I've seen those happen, and there is a collective moment of holding your breath. Um, but um, I think some performers can feel a sort of sense that they've kind of let the audience down a little bit. Mm. That can be a part mm. of the sensation. But actually, what you got back in that moment was, in fact, love squared. Absolutely, and in fact, Absolutely. it was a great supporting moment. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think, I mean, I, I don't recall myself ever being in the audience when that's happened to an artist, but I can imagine, particularly if it goes on to a triumphant end, so to speak, that I can imagine the audience, and I would too, leap to my feet. I mean, if it continued to be a disaster... Uh, I'm not quite sure how one would react. That would be one would feel embarrassed to be there, but to actually see one overcome, particularly on such a platform, is it? It must be a great feeling for the audience. And there was there we did one more prom, which was Green Piano Concerto, yeah. but Colin Davis LSO, poof, yeah, a yeah, team. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me. Uh, you know what is it, what is it like? Can you remember what it's like walking out onto that stage? I've always said, you know, in the big gigs I've done, you know, festival or whatever, you walk out. There's a certain point you cross the boundary where, where they've seen you and you can't go back. And there is this point you walk out onto the stage, they've seen you. What can you remember that? What happens? Absolutely. In it truly felt to me as if I was walking into heaven. It is so beautiful. The hall, it, you walk out to the magnificence of the hall. It, I mean, it, it's absolutely, it is just gorgeous. And it, it's one just wonderful feeling of being on a high, literally on a high, in the clouds, in seventh heaven. It's a beautiful, beautiful platform. Um, and if I might close, uh, just ask you to philosophise a little bit, or say whatever you want. What are the proms to you? What does that mean, the proms? What are the proms? Oh, well, I mean, it's a, a great gathering of great musicians and great music lovers. It's sort of coming together coming together and the closeness of course of the promise make it even more special and in fact it was the one I remember my first promise was the one thing I was terrified of being distracted that they would be a distraction but quite the opposite what you feel is this incredible 
sharing this, the enthusiasm, the almost love for what you're doing, much more so than an audience who's seated away from you. So um, it's just it's unique. It's just so special. The atmosphere there is it's just gorgeous. It's huge. It's magnificent. But it's also cosy. You know, you feel a part of something very special. Thank you so much. Thank you for asking me. It's a pleasure, really, to share. Well. What incredible stories. On stage at the Albert Hall, the world and their dog listening in, and you can't quite remember how it goes. More on musicians playing from memory in a future episode. As we talked about in that interview, Norma's award-winning BBC recordings are now available again on the Sonetto Classics label, and I encourage you to look them up and order them in. Yes, a theme of this edition seems to be Rachmaninoff Second Piano Concerto. Yesterday they did it again as part of the Icelandic Elements Prom. So what do you do if you've got the tunes in your head, but you're not quite sure what it was that Rachmaninoff actually did with them? Well, we asked that question of our resident special guest, Harry at the piano, and this is what he came up with. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Get in touch through our website, www.promsinthepub.co.uk. See you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.